dip our toes finally into Revelation chapter 12 today. And just to summarize briefly, quickly, uh, where we're at, Revelation chapter 11, we had the two witnesses testified in Jerusalem for 1260 days. And then finally we got to the seventh trumpet. Finally got to the seventh trumpet, which is way down here at the end of things. We got here the seventh trumpet, and the seventh trumpet announces that Christ's and God's rule has finally come to earth. You can tell that's at the tail end of things, right? The very end of things. Now, one of the challenging things about Revelation is it doesn't go chronologically like we Westerners would like it to. So here in chapter 11, we end up down here with the seventh trumpet at the end of all things. Now we're going to be bouncing back and forth all over the place, timeline-wise. So this is where we're going to exercise our, our muscles, our brain muscles, understanding where does this fit in the timeline. It's going to be really good for us. So Revelation chapter 12, pick it up at verse 1. I'll just let you know, this is another area, this passage, where I don't know all things for sure, black and white. I'll give you my best, best shot. Chapter 12, verse 1. A great and wondrous sign. Well, that's pretty, pretty imposing description, right? A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. Mild stab, one might be. so far. Yeah, there you go. And you might have written in the side along the way from other studies and or from a sermon for me or something past, but uh, this woman most probably, very likely, Israel. The only real strong clue in that first verse that it might be Israel is what about the 12 stars over her head? What would that indicate? 12 tribes. And now that we're you know past Testament Jesus time, it could also kind of refer to the, the disciples, but primarily the 12 tribes. Okay? So let's see what more descriptions we get here about this mysterious woman. Verse 2. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. So can a, a nation be pregnant? Give birth? In a literal sense? Not a nation. But who might we be talking about? What special child that Israel was sent to give birth to that had a huge impact. Might be talking about Jesus. Let's see what we think. This woman was pregnant, cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Verse 3. Then another sign appeared in heaven. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. Now I dare any one of you, no matter how artistic you are, to draw one of those. <laughs> you can nail it. But I tried. Let's go ahead and throw my illustration up there. Okay, upper left-hand corner. We have the woman. Come on. Twelve stars above her head. The moon beneath her feet. She is pregnant. What's, what's on her pregnant tummy? The cross. She's pregnant with Jesus, very most likely. 
Here we have the dragon. Uh, crown. How many crowns on his head? I think we always saw that. Seven crowns on his head. Uh, how many horns? Ten horns. I think we all have horns. Um, we'll get to this. We'll get to this one third here in a second. But uh, the dragon in, in the Bible, from Genesis all the way through, always represents who? Satan, the devil. Okay. So we'll see later on. Uh, the Antichrist kingdom is described with these crowns and these horns and stuff. And so we'll get into that some more later on. But um, yeah. Is there any connection to? Yeah. Um, Rome Rome was built on seven hills. And so later on there will be some potential connection to that. There's a couple of major capital cities that are built on those seven hills. But Rome is obviously uh it's a oh that's that's a pretty clear possibility for connection, yeah. Yeah. And the ten horns Here's seven crowns. Later on, I think it's ten crowns because there's ten nations come together under the Antichrist banner. And uh, they are his go-to nations and stuff. But at this point, it just seems to be kind of, it's, it's obviously the devil. And then it's, it's um, giving us a foretaste of later details to come. Really interesting. Okay, so we've got, uh, let's see, seven crowns on his head. Verse four. Here's where we get the tail and the one-third. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. Uh, the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. Does that line up with the birth of Jesus? In, in what, was there a threat to Jesus at the very moment he was born? sent soldiers down to Bethlehem to do what? Kill. They killed all the babies. Two years old, not just babies, but two years old and under. Because apparently that's when the star first appeared to the wise men. Or maybe it was a year that it appeared and, and Herod said, well, let's make, let's make a feast to cover all my bases. But uh, through Herod, the devil really did try to kill the baby Jesus. So that's why I have mother here saying no to the dragon. No, you can't have my baby. Okay, so the one-third, let's play with that for a little bit. <clears throat> and that's, again, this is one, this is a uh, thing, I don't want to be dogmatic about it or say, you know, thus saith Pastor Joe, but when you look at the whole of Scripture, we're talking about the devil here, uh, stars sometimes in Revelation represents angels. Sometimes it represents uh, literal stars, but it oftentimes represents angels. So <coughs> I've always I've always leaned towards the one third of the stars being thrown down here is the one is the uh, the number of angels that rebelled and left heaven with him. I don't know that for 100% certain, but that's that's my best best guess. Let's keep your finger here in 12. I'm going to go back to Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. 
with Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, or Daniel. Spread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. Now that's interesting. That's more of a human thing. The Bible never anywhere else describes what the angels in rebellion do as sin. It only describes our rebellion and what's going on with sin. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I don't know much more what to say about that, but kind of a little bit of back and forth between the king of Tyre, maybe. It says, God says, So I drove you in from the mount of God, and I expelled you, O guardian cherub, 
from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you, and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. All the nations who knew you are appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. When you look at that whole thing, it really it apparently encompasses Satan's entire existence from his creation, his initial time as a guardian cherub anointed in God's heavenly presence, uh, rebellion, rejection, sins against God and everybody else, and then at the end he comes to destruction. So it encompasses his whole existence. That's what this one chapter is. Pretty, pretty amazing. And God showed this to Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel is a fascinating, challenging book. I'd say it may even be more difficult than Revelation. Um, super challenging. But uh, how does what kind of insight does that give to Revelation chapter 12? Well, it does talk about Lucifer, the cherub, being kicked out of heaven and stuff. Verse 4, his tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky, one of to the earth. Again, not sure what more we can say about that. But what it, uh, give you the background on it that we have from the scripture. So I've got in the picture up there, I've got the tail, stars up there, and then just the one third marking it. How many angels are there total? <coughs> I will say about that. Uh, the human beings who've been up there say more than more than you can count. Yeah, more than you can count. So I've always said this in kids in confirmation class: if the devil took a third of them with him, good news. We got two thirds still serving the Lord. <laughs> two to one, you know, not that we need numbers to win, right? But uh, but hey, no worries. We got two for every one of theirs. Okay, anything else through uh, verse four, dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. Through verse four. Anything else? seven for the devil having seven heads. Uh, why a perfect number for the devil and his head? Because he's a copycat. Okay, good. He's a copycat. He's got all of his ducks, all his eggs are lined up, all these ducks in line. Everything, he's throwing a whole enchilada. I'm using all these ridiculous. <laughs> 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 everything, 
every weapon in his arsenal he has, and he's, he's throwing it in there. I think it's, it's indicating that everything he's got, he's throwing it in there. Because we'll find out later that he knows his time is short. He knows this is it, this is do or die. So he's using everything at his disposal. So I mentioned seven heads, meaning everybody's on board. Everybody's on board. Um, not to mean that he's perfect in any righteous, holy sense at all, but that uh, he's done everything he would. Okay. Good question. Others there? gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. So are we talking about Jesus? Obviously we are. So this woman, we could say two things about her. She represents Israel, but she also kind of sort of represents who? On a human level. Mary herself. There's a both kind of thing there, obviously, right? Uh, so Mary, a male child, will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. That at his birth, at his first time on the earth, did he come to rule the nations with an iron scepter? No, let's take two trips. Now, what's interesting is what was just uh, announced at the end of chapter 11, just prior to this. Seventh trumpet blew. <coughs> now the rule of God of Jesus now has come upon the earth. Now he's going to rule with an iron scepter. What does he need to rule with an iron scepter? child was snatched up to God to his throne. Interesting. Okay. When did that happen? Has that happened? Has Jesus been snatched up to God's throne? Yeah. After crucifixion, when Jesus appears to the disciples for quite a period of time, then they see him go up through the clouds, go back up to the Father's right hand. into the desert to a place prepared for her by God. Now, is he talking about Mary anymore? We don't know that this ever happened in Mary's life. Could this be referring to Israel? The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for how long? Say it. 1260 days. Okay, let's go to the timeline for a moment, please. 
so uh, when, when or when might Israel be seriously pursued and attacked by the devil and need to be protected for 1,260 days? How long a time period is that in years? Three and a half years. Is Israel, let's go this line here, is Israel attacked and pursued by the devil the first three and a half years or the second three and a half years? Second, at the midpoint, Antichrist reveals his true identity in the temple, stops all the worships, all the sacrifices, and uh, I'll have you know that I am God, actually. Worship me or die. And that's when he pursues the destruction of Israel and, and believers in Christ Jesus. So, when this verse says, the woman fled into the desert, Israel fled into the desert to a place prepared Who among Israel is going to be protected for that time period? Probably the 144,000. There might be some others in there too. Some because um, the two witnesses start testifying or prophesying at this very same moment. So the two witnesses come down and probably one of the first things they, out of their mouth is um, we're right here in Jerusalem speaking to Israelites. Don't take the mark. Flee. <laughs> Back to Matthew 24, Jesus said to the, to the Jews, and they would listen to him. When you see this happen, when the abomination happens in the temple, and the Antichrist reveals his identity, Jesus said, flee, run to the hills. Pray that it doesn't happen on the Sabbath or in the wintertime. It'll be a hard time for mothers with babies. But he says, run, because the Antichrist is going to try and kill all of you. So the 144,000, most assuredly, maybe some other Jews who... Uh, by the Holy Spirit help actually listen and say, gotta dodge. But up and up until this moment, when the Antichrist reveals himself and stops everything in the at the midpoint in the temple, until that moment Israel has been protected and safe with these Jews. We've all been like, la la la, life is good, we got peace and security and happiness. So to go from that to <coughs> Treaty is canceled. All bets are off. This guy's trying to rub us out. And to run into the desert, I mean, that's going to be quite a leap. So I'm not sure how many of the Jews are going to jump on that wagon. But some are going to, and they're going to flee into the desert. And uh, what's God going to do for the 1,260 days for those who flee? He's going to supernaturally protect them. For... 1260 days, they're going to be protected by God. The enemy's going to be doing everything he can to find them and kill them. Kind of like when um, they used to smuggle Bibles into Russia back in the day, right? Uh, sometimes the guards at the border would open the trunk and the trunk would be chock full of Bibles. And they'd look right at it and they wouldn't be able to see it. They'd be like, okay, you're good, go ahead. And they just drive in with a trunk full of Bibles uh, into the Eastern Bloc nations. God, can God cause people not to see? Yeah. So God's going to protect them for 1,260 days. So if we can go back, well, let's see. Let's do some stuff on our timeline while we're here. Shall we? So we're in chapter 12.
along and get to the midpoint to where everything goes wonky, the Antichrist will just try and kill him. This is when the truth begins to be uh, prophesied and speak in Jerusalem. So right here, you'll see that it's uh, 666, and it's crossing me. Those who don't take the mark, the 666, you follow that line up here. It goes across it right here. It says, protected Israel. That's where we're at right now. So put here, Revelation, Rev 12.6. Rev 12.6. We can add verse 14 as well. Let's see in a minute. So God protects a chunk of Israel, but they can't have taken the mark. Any Anybody who takes the mark ends up going where? Going to hell. So there's no protection for those who take the mark. So you see down here, Two witnesses there. <coughs> really heavy pointer. <laughs> Got the two witnesses there. Okay. This circle, this is the 666 to the right of the stand. That those who don't take the mark, go up here, they're protected Israel. God protects them for the whole 1260 days until the end. This batch below it, the red circle below it, they do take the mark. If you follow them, they end up going to hell one way or another. They don't make it, okay? You follow them down here, they don't make it. Anybody who takes the mark, because that mark is an act of worship to the Antichrist, an act of worship rejecting God, and it's a, a fatal blow, okay? So, the Rev 12, 6 there, any other places you should put that? Oh, you get yeah. so,
behind next to says secret hiding place. So um, the Jews who are protected by God, 144,000, anybody else that doesn't take the mark and flee, they will be secretly, wonderfully protected by God for 1,250 days until the end. Okay? That's a really good place to stop. Any other questions as far as the date? So the mark is a choice. Yes. Not disclosure. Everybody's going to know what's going on and the choices they're making. I love that about God. He's not, he's not a mean person. He's not trying to take out people. God does everything in his power to bring people into salvation. So thank you, God. You're so good.